I mean, he's been putting in work for so long. Putting in a lot of work. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Putting In Work, episode 84 of the interview podcast on the 8-Bit Collective, powered by Audio-Technica. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and this week, we have Bunty King coming at you from Canada. Before we get to that quick plug, you can pick up some Putting In Work merch over at 8bit.net slash PIW. You can also leave me a tasty five-star review if you like the show, if you're a fan of the show, if you want to help out. It goes a really long way. So Bunty King, I guess you'd say is a YouTuber. He started out streaming video games and picked up quite a following doing that. But looking at the political landscape, he started to express his views a bit more. And his videos with social and political commentaries either ended up doing better or he had more fun doing them because that became his main focus and that picked up quite a following. We talk about that process on this interview and it got big enough that Bunty was looking at quitting his job, which he did to try and make a full-time go of it and realized that it's a bit harder than it looks. So it was really interesting to get that insight as to how that can go when you're looking at working as a full-time content creator. One of the things that I really like about Bunty is his centrist perspective. He's not coming at you like a lot of commentators in politics. They're coming at you either from the left or they're coming at you from the right. And you sometimes don't feel like you're getting a very balanced view. But he'll pretty much call out anyone that he sees as needing to be kept in check. Because he's right in the middle, he's able to see, I guess, the hypocrisy that comes out from both sides. And that's something I really value. And now it looks like Bunty's getting back into video games. The world of politics can be a bit much for anyone after too long, so it was interesting to see how kind of the journey has come full circle, but here to tell you about it himself is Bunty King. Enjoy the show. Bunty King, thank you so much for joining me. How's things? It's my absolute pleasure, man. Uh, things are okay. I actually had a bit of a weird day today. Woke up happy, uh, started playing okay. Started playing Siege, uh, had, uh-huh. some bad pl- had some bad games, uh, got unhappy. Then I saw it just happened to catch a negative tweet uh, sent my way. Uh, I saw that actually. <laughs> what? The the one that said like you're too nice or something. No, I just put that up. I just okay. put that was no, that was the second thing I fucking saw. But but uh, <laughs> but the first one was uh, was just someone like I think the one thing that that irritates me is when people act like they know me when they don't know me. That's the mm. one thing that I find is the most irritating thing. And of course, I'm pretty sure a lot of content creators can actually like relate to that where like we put so much of ourselves out there and we're open with ourselves, but then people choose to pick like pick and choose whatever information they they would, would want to consume and then and then wrap it up into their own narrative and then present it to us and it's so so annoying. It's like, "Listen, that's not me at all." So whatever you're saying is really fucking annoying. That's the kind of shit that I I I get annoyed about. So, yeah, I saw a comment like that and then it was instantly just like my day just went down the shitter, which is so super annoying because I shouldn't give anyone that much power, but it is what it is. It's, it's hard, happened. yeah. It's not it's not easy to well, control your response, is it? It's hard when you when you feel like you're you could be doing better, right? Like when I when I know that I could be doing better than whatever I'm doing right now. So if someone tells me I, I suck when I actually feel like I'm I, I suck right now, it'll be like fuck, that's really annoying, you know? But I'm here to cheer you up, Bunty. Thanks, man. Thanks. With Thank my you. morning smile. <laughs> <laughs> so a b- little bit of an origin story of this conversation i have been following you since you were on colin Moriarty's podcast which was a great conversation and then i just tweeted out last week like everyone should follow this guy because he's super cool and you responded to say it's always weird to see nice check marks <laughs> because i have the <laughs> i have the twitter verified check from from my days as a journalist and <laughs> and then it turned out we have a mutual friend in uh, Card Plays, Rachel, uh, who's a previous guest on this podcast too. So such a small world. Rachel is awesome. 
She's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, she's really, really, really cool. Uh, I remember meeting her also, I think, 2015. It was like late 2015. I met her and I saw her on Twitch. I just happened to see her. I don't know how I found her. I think I found her through Twitter. Then I, Twitter, then I checked out her Instagram and then I saw that she was streaming and she just seemed so nice. And I was like, and this is the time when YouTube gaming was popping off. And I was like, all right, well, mm. I was, and I was on YouTube gaming. I was like, you got to come. It's like a completely brand new community. There's a lot of opportunity. And she like came over and she instantly started seeing like way more uh, engagement than she'd ever seen on Twitch. And then, but then it kind of like, uh, yeah, then it was just like, it was just, and then it was just a ride from that on and there was like back it was like ups and downs and all that stuff but uh but in terms of rachel and i we've always been chill together you know so it's yeah. good she's awesome really really cool person that's cool she sure is and uh her her boyfriend uh brendan is the head of the collective that i'm on so it's a whole family over here oh shit really that's yeah. cool eight bit oh nice nice uh he's the host of the hungry gamers which is a gaming podcast you should Definitely check that out. But we're going to talk about you, Bunty. So let's let's backtrack a little. Who is Bunty King? What do you do? And uh, how did you get here? Uh, so I'm just a, I'm a, an entertainer online, and I um, you know I provide social political commentary every now and then. But uh, uh, I started off in video games, just doing live streams on video games on YouTube gaming, and uh, and then eventually once again, then eventually as like I grew a, a, a following, I started making more commentary based videos. And then I went full swing political on Twitter and all that, and that's where I kind of really popped off in terms of in terms of like my audience growth. Mm. People started paying attention to what I was doing because they liked what I was about, right? And um, anyway, so so uh, you know, uh, but now I'm trying to refocus and go back to video games because it's just something that I really brings me a lot of joy. And there's a lot of this, it's it's a growing market, and I think that there's a lot of uh, potential for, um, you know, new voices in the in in the video game sphere, you know. So I, sure. I'm pretty much trying to I'm pretty much trying to like, uh, just find my way back that way, and I think that's that's ultimately where I'm going to end up. So, I mean, that's it. That's pretty much all I'm about. Yeah. You know, like I'm not I'm not I'm not like some superhuman. I'm not some guy that's like. I'm not the best guy in the world. <laughs> I'm just I'm just a guy with a laugh and uh I uh you know a guy who loves to laugh and loves to make people laugh and uh likes to play video games. Loves to play video That's games. Right. And yeah, so I'm pretty much trying to like trying to just just uh yeah, just 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 hang out and play some more games. That's pretty much what I'm trying to do and get paid to do it. That's cool. So it's it's not surprising that you've found more joy in games than in in politics, but I, I assume that by the nature of, you know, what you're interested in that you know, it'll be a blend of, of those two kinds of topics and, and discussions for you in content. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'm ever going to shy away from like speaking my mind about something that is like, that just happened, like something like a social situation. And when you kind of were giving that background, you talked about growing quite big and turning into more of a political, I don't know if you'd say commentator, but let's take it back to there and say, how, how did that growth actually occur? And at what point did you realize that these people watching me play games are actually possibly more interested in these things that I have to say about politics. Um, every now and then when I was streaming a game, uh, people would come in, especially before the Trump election, there would be like, who, you know, Trump, are you going to vote? For, like, what, what's that? Trump versus Hillary, like all that kind of stuff would come up. That was like early 
2016, you know, that sort of happened. Mm. That That's where I started noticing it. And you're like, I'm Canadian. I'm not voting for anyone. <laughs> well, I know. I also just, I was like, I was also like, I'm, I'd rather not talk about politics. This was a point, there was a point right. in my channel where I would be like, let's not talk about politics. No politics, guys. Let's keep that out of the chat. I don't care, you know. And occasionally people would, uh, people would come into my chat and they would say, they would just write deport. Like there'd be a bunch of people who'd make like Donald Trump accounts right. and just come in and write deport over and over again. So it was like just annoying, shitty things like that. But uh, those I never took too seriously. Um, eventually, like, I don't know, it was, there was just like some bullshit going on around uh, political correctness that really bothered me. And I was like, this is, makes no sense. Like, what's wrong with you guys? Like, why are you guys so intense in terms of like what jokes to make, what what jokes to not make? Like, I think that's so crazy. Like, why are you putting, why are you making all these rules up? And that's when I started getting really kind of bothered, you know? And um Oh, it really kind of took, I think, a, a major, what was it? I'm trying to figure out when it was really, like, the at, at the peak. It, like, definitely involved, like, the anti-white articles I would see on, sure. that would just, that would just pop up on my, my timeline being shared by some, by someone who was obviously pissed about it, but then would see it uh, and then share it. And, uh, and for our listeners that haven't seen you, you're brown, so... Yeah, That's yeah, yeah, I'm brown. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. So I just saw like this anti-white shit and I was like, wait a minute, like I had to grow up with racism. This here is racism. Why aren't people calling it racism? And I was like, oh yeah, th this is something that you, they were like, you can't be racist towards white people. But I'm like, racism isn't about skin color. It's, well, it is about skin color, but it's not really, <laughs> it's not really, it's not really about, it's not like exclusive to certain sure. people. Like you can be racist just about anyone to just about anyone and you know or you could like hate someone based upon their ethnicity and i think that just means like i think that means that you're a racist personally if you're like if you really think that there's something wrong with someone because of their ethnic background you know mm -hmm. um uh regardless of what ethnic background they're from so i started talking about that and then of course as i started talking about that i started noticing there was a lot of people that were getting a lot of attention that had those sentiments and i was like wait a minute this is really garbage and so I found this one dude named Tariq Nasheed, and this guy just kind of like uh, w was like the ultimate, the ultimate. So you have like the super uh, racist white people, and then you got the, the this guy who's like the super racist black dude. And I was like, shit, man, like this guy's causing problems, you know? So I I, I I made a little attack video on him on Twitter, and then I uh, and then I got banned on Twitter because of it, because of whatever, everything that happened afterwards. Right. I got banned on Twitter and then people kind of rallied around me. And so like I gained an audience that way in in a big okay. way. It was pretty huge. It was really interesting. So Did you ever kind of uh come to terms with what it, it was that got you banned or do you think that it was a mass like report from people following him? Uh I think it was just like a mass report attack from people yeah. following him. I don't think that he really kind of went out of his way to be like report this guy. I don't think he, I don't think he ever said that really. I think it was just people who wanted to like get get rid of me. But there wasn't anything specific that you said that you could go, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that particular line and that that's where they've justified banning me? Uh, well, I mean, at one point, I, I was a little bit aggressive with him. Like, I was calling him names, but not like aggressive, right. super bad names. I was just calling, I was making fun of him. It was very obvious I was making fun of him. It was very obvious that I was like accosting him and like fucking laughing at him, you know, because I was getting a rise out of him. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it was, it, it was honestly... It was, it was like, when I look back on it, it was kind of wrong of me to kind of approach it that way. And so mm. now I've changed my approach in how I like, you know, and how I engage people who I think are, um, 
who I think are are building a false narrative for people to follow. But sure. at the same You've time, now, yeah. But I think that <laughs> I've I've got to the point now where when I see people just being crazy online, I just ignore them. I try to ignore them. I don't want to give them any airtime. Like I saw this one tweet yesterday from uh, from someone, and it was sent to me in a DM group I was in, and it was like it was like about this guy having a com- dinner conversation and someone says, oh, you know, I saw this uh, this Ben Shapiro video. And then and yeah. then this guy was saying, this guy pretty much said, as a reply to this person talking about the Ben Shapiro video, he said, if I ever met Ben Shapiro, I'd beat the shit out of him. And so I want, I, 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 so I quote tweeted that at one point and I just said, I just said, uh, um, I, I responded to it, but then I deleted it. Like, I'm not even joking, like two minutes later because I was like, oh, really? I, I, yeah, because I was like, I don't want to give this guy any attention because right now yeah. he's looking for that attention. And now what's going to happen is that he's going to see that attention that people like people are going to see that and they're going to go to him and they're going to get even more angry. And it's just like, yeah, it's just like, why do I even give this guy any kind of airtime at all? Let's just forget about him. So I deleted mm. it. And I told my group chat that I was like, I'm, del- I'm I deleted it. They're like, no, that person should be blasted. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but then they get the attention, and that's the problem. So yeah, sure. I must yeah. have been within that two minute window because I remember seeing that. Oh yeah, you saw that. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you were. <laughs> it was a, it was a good tweet. It was a good tweet. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. I mean, I the tweet. My response to him. Yeah. Yeah, my response to him wasn't uh, aggressive or anything like that. It was just very, like, very straightforward. But it gave him attention. It gave him that validation. Mm. I just didn't want to do that. I just didn't want to. Sure. Yeah. So in in the game side of it, how did you grow to the point that you were able to, I guess, be, from what I gather, like, kind of a leader in that YouTube gaming movement over from Twitch? I mean, I I don't know. I just kind of, like, started streaming and... I saw there was a bunch of people and I was like, oh, we could all learn from each other. And I started hosting like calls in like my discord where all the streamers would come in. It didn't matter what size they were. It just mattered like if they were down a stream mm. and uh, and they would just come in and they would just uh, come in and share their their stories about about their stream sessions and also just share their strategies and just like talk about like, you know uh specific it was just really I don't know that's how I did it. I was just like I just had people and I just hosted people and that was it. So people started like coming to my Discord server more often and just hanging out and and uh, and 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 talking about YouTube gaming. It eventually fell apart because I, uh, I you know um, there was some like there was a growing animosity between certain people in the community, and it just came to a it came to a, a bit of a a boiling point, you know, and sure. and like a natural competitiveness. Not a natural. Well, yeah, there was like there was the competitiveness, right? So people were obviously the one thing that I find is so so absurd to this day is people compete over views, and I think that is just the dumbest thing ever because like there is an unlimited amount of views available online. Yeah. It's and it's growing. It's ever growing. More and more people are activating and coming online, and more and more people are like just participating in like online culture, including YouTube, blogging, whatever. There's just so many eyeballs. So like, why are you complaining about who's getting more views than you? Anyway, that was that's that was my my mentality then, and it's still my mentality now. But for some people, it wasn't that that way at all. Like it, they were like they saw it as as a, as a finite amount of views, right? And uh, sure. and so when people were starting to do like tricks to get better views, but not telling other people to do it, it caused a major rift. And I think that it was kind of it was sh- kind of shitty for people to be holding onto a secret for uh, for themselves. Or sure. like for like a small group deal, but then I also kind of understood why they held on to the secret because it did, you know, give them a significant advantage, which allowed them to make money on the platform. But if too many people did it, then it wouldn't work, you know. 
Yeah, definitely. So I got it. But at the same time, certain people just didn't like it at all to the point where they were like ready to go to war for it. And so the communities fell apart and, and that was it. And I was just like, fuck this. And I backed off. I generally speaking, like I, I, I'm a soft leader. I'm not like a, I'm not like a hard leader. I don't rule with an iron fist for the most part. Like I'm just like, unless it's specifically my domain. Like if you're in my Discord server, for example, like I'm not going to be a soft leader. I'll be like, if you are not following the rules and I don't like you, you're out. You know, it's just that simple. But when it comes to like a community that I have no ownership of, I don't have an ownership of the YouTube gaming community. I didn't have own, uh, like, sorry, I didn't have it. I don't have ownership of like any community that I've ever been a part of. I'm just like, I guess I just, you know, people view me as a leader because I'm very charismatic and I, I'm able to get my opinion across when I need to get it across, right? But beyond that, I'm not going to make call the shots, right? So the moment shit starts getting bad, I'm out. Like, I'm out. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. these people aren't these people aren't being professionals. I can't be around these people right now, you know? Yeah. And so, so was that, it. did that kind of turn you off streaming in general and, and encourage that shift more towards doing your political content? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just generally speaking. Plus, the views weren't really coming in as well. Like, it was just really hard to get views because I was so tired. Oh, big thing. I started doing streams only using an Indian accent. Like, I only had an Indian <laughs> accent this, and yeah. I just... Yeah, and all I did was just like all I did was just talk shit and just like and just play GTA or play uh Black Call of Duty Black Ops 3 or like whatever game with an Indian accent and and uh and and I would play it up. But I really I started hating it. I started hating myself because I was like this isn't me. This isn't me at all. And so eventually I just started making content that was more me and then Bunty King became, became me and then that was it. So it just kind of like happened naturally because I wanted to talk about shit that was important to me. And in, in order for me to talk about shit that was important to me, I had to venture into the realm of identity politics and all that shit. So And be so, yourself yeah. as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So was yeah. that accent to kind of stand out in the streams or was your audience yeah. in on it? No, no. Well, it was to, like there were some people in my audience that had no idea right. that I had a, just a normal North American accent. Yeah. They didn't think they didn't think that, but... Okay. They, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely for a hook. It was definitely to stand out among the, you know, the growing crowd of YouTube gaming streamers. Mm. So going yeah. into, I guess, politics is a, a pretty big thing in terms of the toll that it can take on your mental health. I guess your, your mental health, but also yeah. your your Twitter mentions. Like you're opening yourself up to a barrage of disagreement and arguments, even from people who like 90% agree with you, they're still going to go, oh, well, I didn't agree with that thing you said, so I'm going to let you know. And then you get drawn into conversations that really don't go anywhere because you're talking to each other mm -hmm. in a limited character count. So was that something you knew was going to be coming as you got into it or did you not expect things to take off so well? I mean, I didn't care. I didn't care. Yeah. I just wanted to to say things. I wanted to, I, I saw something and I said something about it and I just dropped it on people and people started sharing it. Yeah, no, that's pretty much all I, that's, that's I, I didn't really think about that until afterwards, until I realized that like, obviously there was two sides to every story, right? And, and, sure. and there was one side that was significantly angrier with me than the other, right? And that was it. Yeah. But at some point last year around this time, I realized that there was like, like there was, I, I would alternate between sides that were angry at me. It would be like these hardcore, like white nationalists that would be upset with me one week. And then it would be like these hardcore leftists that would be upset with me in the other week. And it's like, they didn't even know that each other was upset. They, mm. they had no idea that the other, other person was upset with me. They had no idea. It's like, they all just thought that like, they were the only ones that had an issue with me. But no, it's like, I literally just have been, 
I'm surrounded. I'm beset by enemies on on both sides. Yeah, there's they're everywhere. That's the, that's the other thing I was gonna say. Like being in politics by the nature, people even listening to this conversation are probably sitting there going, "Is this guy a lefty or is this guy like a conservative?" Uh, but you were basically unable to find a safe haven where you could be showered with praise by one side like a lot of people that commentate about politics are because you were i guess a centrist and just taking shots at anything that you didn't agree with which is gonna almost just make enemies out of everybody right is that how it actually turned out yeah that's exactly how it felt it turned out yeah yeah it's just like so annoying because some of these things should be so normal and like just common sense and I, I don't know. I just don't know. Like uh, the way I, the, I no, it actually makes sense because like some of these people, like it's, it's very evident that they don't go out, that they don't hang out with side, they don't, they, they don't hang out with other people. They don't, they don't live in a var- very like, I guess, multi-ethnic, you know, uh, area. Uh, see, I grew up in Montreal, right? So Montreal has been multi-ethnic for a very, very long time. So like my, uh, my group of friends, uh, the friends I've made over the years, they're from all over the place, all over the place, being Middle East, Africa, Asia, wherever. It doesn't matter. You know, we are all able to kind of identify with Montreal culture, right? So mm. I've had these experiences growing up. And nothing was it was it wasn't like it wasn't like sunshine and daisies for me, like growing up. It was like hard for me. But now, you know, being an adult here, it's totally fine. And, you know, people are just really, really chill. So when I see people act up like this, either they either they're like freaking out about everyone, like they think that every white person's got some. In, they got that every white person is born with like inherent white supremacy or inherent racism or something like that. I think that's ridiculous, right? It's just it's so ridiculous, you know. But or, or if it, it's when it comes to like these these white nationalists who think that like every brown person is just there to kind of fuck up their society, I think that's completely ridiculous as well. Like it's so stupid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and b- by the way, I'm totally generalizing these viewpoints. Totally, um, there, there, there's a lot more, a lot of layers for each side. But sure. it's just like, regardless of what it is, what I'm trying to say is that generally, if you hang on the fringes and you're going too far to the extremes, is because you just don't have a positive enough reality. You're not as happy. So it's it's just a clear indication of how unhappy people are. Politics is just where people go to be unhappy and talk about how unhappy they are and how they can become happier, try to find ways to make things better. But in reality, they're just being assholes. So, yeah. So was Sorry, that, I went on a tangent uh, there. I'm just like all over the place no, right now. I'm just chilling. It's fine. <laughs> so was this kind of thinking an epiphany for you that's kind of hit you and made you pull back from politics? Yeah. I know that you obviously that, you're always going to have yeah. that side of it. but That and like that and like i realized there was a lot of stuff in my life that wasn't 100% correct right and if my in your behaviors or my behaviors uh my mm-hmm. the the relationships that i have with some people um you know like you know um i'm i'm good with my parents and my sister and stuff like that so my immediate family i'm good with like i'm always down and hanging out with my dad or like you know talk to my mom or something like that or you know be be, be around my sister but um my extended family you know like we don't really talk to each other uh you know i have there's been some personal rifts that have opened up between me and people irl and uh and you know i can't honestly go around acting like i've got the solution to fixing the world when i don't have the solution to fix certain relationships with other people in my life and i think that's the case for a lot of people for a lot of people and like 
I just think that is stupid for me to hang on and and try to become uh, try to play at a, pol- a Twitter politician or whatever if I can't you know correct certain things at the very least some things in my life before being able to talk about it. So so that's why I don't exclusively talk about it. That's why I try to talk about it less. It'll still come up inevitably when there's something that I'm very confident about because I'm it's been tried and tested and because I've just had enough anecdotal experience with a certain thing to be like, yo, this, whatever you're saying makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, But beyond that, I just feel like if you have problems IRL or if you aren't, if you are unhappy with some things IRL, you should not be participating in politics. That's the way I look at it. Politics should be sort of something that people or people are who for people who are like, very confident in the society that they're they're living in it's uh, yeah. and 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 it should come from a place of how do we make things better as opposed to how do we fix whatever's falling apart you know it's like the whole idea that everything's falling apart is 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 one of the most cancerous ways to approach things in politics in my opinion but it is what it is people are going to keep doing whatever they do that's right and i guess it's it's an idealist kind of notion that people like that should be the ones going into politics because from from where I am, it looks like most people doing it is to, you know, serve some personal ego or goal or power trip or whatever it is there. And, you know, having worked in politics, there's a lot of people in there who have great intentions and they uh, genuinely want to improve their communities. But at the top, it, it feels like they're there to serve themselves. Oh, 100%. Whether it's 100%. through recognition or through you know, status or whatever 100%. it is, like people who don't don't even need the pay pay slip. So they're not doing it for money. They're just doing it for the, the status. And I feel like it's a shame that we can't have people, uh, people like you that are genuine and have views built on the way that they see the world as, as logic instead of following a particular stance ideological fits into an a, ideological a standard yeah, or something like that exactly um yeah no, i i that's another thing that really kind of got me back that i had to that forced me to back off the scene there was a lot of very dishonest people involved in uh in pol- in politics and it's crazy because some of their followers these people these people these people these people who i view as like not genuine their followers would come after me and be like you're not genuine it's like what the fuck are you talking about man do you even know who you're following like what are you doing how can you possibly say that after you're looking at this one person who's done all this bullshit? And but it's like it's just the way it is. It's just the nature of the internet. And um, but yeah, the fact that politics allows these people to rise in prominence because it's it's the people who make the most noise on social media are the ones that are clearly the most upset. Um, and mm. the it's the it's the it's the very loud upset few that get the most airtime. If you see, if you look at like how Polygon writes their headlines. The only reason why I know about Polygon's headlines or their bullshit articles is because people are sharing it because it makes them angry. That's all it is. Yeah. So people know how to do this. They know how to do this on a professional level. They know how to make people angry on a professional level. And they 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 just do it. They just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And I just I just I, and, and they know they're doing it. And for me, that is just disgusting. It's so disgusting. So that's why I try to avoid, you know, commenting on a, a Polygon headline. Uh, or just or exclusively on a polygon headline like i won't just grab a a screen grab of a polygon headline anymore and be like this is stupid i'll actually look into the article and be like this is what where this is what's wrong with it this is what's wrong with it or or here here's what else that's wrong with it but but i can't just like share the headlines on its own because it's just it's too easy it's way too easy to do that 
right now, I'm pretty sure I can find something on Twitter on, on on Polygon, and I could tweet it tweet it out, and I'm pretty sure I can get like a thousand likes on it. Pretty sure, right now. <laughs> it's like I saw one like two minutes before we got into this conversation. Actually, <laughs> a Polygon headline. Um, someone uh, someone tweeting about a Polygon headline. Okay, I'm down to do that. I'm gonna actually do it. I'm gonna do it. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet about it live on I'm air. I'm gonna tweet. I'm nice. not gonna do it live on air because uh, I can't multitask. But after this, I'm gonna tweet about it. <laughs> I'm going to see how many likes it gets. And if it hits 1,000 <laughs> likes, I'm going to be like, by the way, I just did this because I knew I could do it and it was easy to do and so many people are doing this and this is bullshit. That's what I'm going to say. So, sure. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that Sounds good. I did see you on Dave Rubin's show saying that you never wanted to come back to Twitter. So, I just have to ask what made you jump in because it was it. I got, uh, I got, I got uh, unbanned. <laughs> I got unbanned. Okay. I got unbanned and that's why I came back to Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't that you, you, but you said you never wanted to come back. I didn't. I wasn't going to make another account. Right. Okay. I'm with you. Um. But, but the thing is though, is that it's garbage because, like, as much as I don't, like, if Twitter stopped existing tomorrow, that would be wonderful. I'm telling you, no joke. Like, if Twitter just shut down in its entirety and everybody lost their accounts, I would be like, wow, that's sick. That it would be the most freeing experience in the world because I'd probably just move to Instagram and YouTube would probably be way more productive because Instagram isn't built around constant audience engagement, whereas Twitter is built around constant engagement. It's just, you know, if you think about it, right, you can get lost in threads all the time on Twitter. You can just like, just you, you reply and then next thing you know, there's another reply waiting for you. For me, like, I don't know what your engagement's like, but I, at one point, uh, and if I still wanted to today, I could still make that happen. But I was talking to more people in one day than most people I know in real life were talking to in a year, in a year, like in yeah. concentrated in one day. So like, that's what I was doing. And it's just so easy to do that on Twitter. It's not easy to do that on Instagram. It's not easy to do that on Facebook. It's, it's not really easy to do that on YouTube. Uh, so that is the one thing that Twitter has going for itself. That's a really good thing, but it's also a really, really negative thing because it just sucks you in. And then, of course, because you're getting sucked in, you could get like sucked. In, you know, you could get you could you could end up venturing down like a, a really shitty rabbit hole for like a good week or two, where it's just these where you're just exploring a community that's just full of some of the worst people. You know, and uh, and yeah, it's just uh, that's just it. Sure. So, in terms of content. We haven't talked that much about, but what was the point where you realized, okay, between streaming and YouTube videos and Patreon or whatever else, I can actually make a living out of this or I can make a lot of money doing this. And how did that change the content? Well, I just I just saw my friends doing well. Mm-hmm. I saw my friends making money and just having fun while doing it, you know? Um, I remember seeing people on YouTube who I thought I was way more talented than. And I was like, and I saw them making money and I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. You know, same kind of thing. Like you just told me before, uh, you know, about your, you know, about your friend in the IGN article, you know? Sure. No, I'm not saying that you look down on your friend. I'm not saying that at all. Oh yeah. yeah not yeah, in yeah. a negative way. It's kind of more of an more, inspirational yeah, you, way. For you it was inspirational. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was more like, I was like, who the fuck are these guys? And how are they getting so many views? <laughs> like, why can't I do that? Let's do that. And so that's when I kind of started doing YouTube. But in order, I guess it was just because the fact that there's five people that want to pay me to do, I'm not, I'm just, I'm just taking a number off the top of my head. I don't Mm. know exactly how much, how many patrons I have. I think I have like 40 patrons or something like that. The fact that there's that many people who want to pay me to do, keep doing this stuff means that there's got to be more people that want to pay me to keep doing this stuff. So 
at the very least, I can make a decent living off of doing this stuff, you know? And that's all I want. Honestly, I could, if I can make, I don't know, uh, a normal wage off of just creating like YouTube videos and, and existing online, I have no problem with that at all. I don't want some, I don't want like millions of dollars. I just want enough to have a home and a family. That's pretty much it, you know, Mm. while doing something that I love. And when money comes into it as like a, I guess a motivation, does, do you find that changes anything in terms of oh, it changes everything. doing something like changing the kind of content you do, changing the pressure that you put on this video to get this many views and, oh, yeah. and that kind of thing? Oh, totally. Totally. If the biggest mistake I made actually was, uh, was trying to do YouTube full time. I'm still trying to do it full time, but I'm, I'm going to need a job. I need, I need to get a job now at this point. Like it just makes right. no sense to, to keep trying to do this because uh, it puts an unnecessary amount of pressure in a sense like you have to create content. And if you don't create content that bangs, then you're not going to be like making as much money as you thought you were going to be making. And that is just so nerve wracking and it can just fuck with your creative, your creative flow as well. So um, the only way, the only way I would say uh, that someone can do this full time is if, is if sponsors are literally knocking at, at their door and are just throwing money at them, being like, "Listen, you have to, you have, please, can you, can we, we are willing to talk about, you know, uh, sponsoring your video for like ten thousand dollars? Can you please just like talk about our brand, something like that?" That's the only time someone right. can really kind of entertain the idea of going full time on YouTube because YouTube is so fickle, right? They they can demonetize your shit whenever they want, and your video could get like two hundred thousand views, but if it's demonetized, well, you're not getting any views, you know, you're not getting anything. Sorry, you're not getting any ad rev. I mean, you're getting nothing. Which is a problem, sure. a major, major problem, right? So um, I just think that people should just have jobs at the same time. Don't make the mistake I made, which is not, which is to quit your job and try to do full time YouTube full time uh, during a period in which you're growing. If you're like, if you've reached a point where you're good, then yeah. I'm sorry, I do apologize. I think I went all over with that response. <laughs> no, no, that's good because I, I imagine that there is, a, oh, I know there is a point where you have to make the leap from leaving a job to see how much you can get from your creative pursuits full time. But it sounds like uh, in your experience, you have to be really careful with judging that because you might misjudge it and have to crawl back to back to the boss and say, can I have my job back? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So how do people know when that time is? Is it something that's, I guess it's going to be different from I, person to person, I, but is there is there a way that you can make sure you don't make that mistake? Well, I mean, like I said, if you, if you have if you have enough people, well, here's the thing, right? If you got enough to to start, if you got enough to live for like a few like let's say money were to stop coming in. If you have enough for a few months to live, if money with no money coming in, then that's good. But if you don't have enough to like, like live with like uh, comfortably for a while, um, uh, if something were just to fall, go like just fall through completely, then you're probably mm-hmm. not in the best spot to be in. And I would say when I say a few months, I mean like a year. If you can like if you can bank if you can bank <laughs> enough money to be like, oh, I can stretch this out for a year if I needed to. If I really was like, uh, 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 you know, up shit's creek, then yeah, you're good. You should be able to like make the leap as a full time YouTuber. But if you're gonna be like like me and be like, oh, you know what? My channel's doing okay. You know, it's good. I can grow this. Yeah, I'm going to grow my channel now. I think I'm going to do that and focus on it full time. I'm going to quit my marketing job. Let's do that. And if you do that, then you could end up in a pretty awkward situation like I have. So that's it. Sure. But yeah. Well, I hope that works out for you. But It is going to work out. It is going to work out. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah, I know enough good. people for, for uh, you know, to to be able to be okay. 
That's good. Because yeah. I, I guess it becomes a thing where you're like, okay, am I going to do content that I want to do or am I going to do content that people want to watch? And it, it's finding a balance in between. Yeah. And it's probably been like that for you even just between politics and, and the gaming side of it. Like I imagine that you've got fans that came like discovered you because of games and then you've got fans who discovered you because of politics and they probably both have a preference as to what kind of content you, you put out they they there's definitely fans who discovered me because of politics and when i mentioned you know going just to going like going falling back more into games they thought i was talking about let's plays which is like some like you know pretty basic youtube yeah. content right but that's not what i want to do i want to like be a little bit more analytical i want to like you know work on reviews and and, and do actual journalistic content for 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 video games people have been asking for that actually because i mean i don't know if you saw but i made a post about asking people what the what who they trust the least and i put marketers youtubers yeah. politicians and <laughs> games journalists and there were some games journalists that were really upset about that they're like why you why why games journalists why are you ragging us i'm like i just wanted to know what people think about games journalism yeah. and it's and and the the market that i tested with it they don't seem to really like them or they don't seem they don't seem to trust them that much so that gave me a bit of an idea of what i should be doing and i think that i if people do trust me I should probably get into games journalism or do some do some more of that. Yeah. So that's what I want to do. So I can still talk, touch up on politics while doing that, but for the most part, I'm going to be talking about games. And I think that's, I think they're going to be okay with that because they'll be able to get the the side of me that they liked that talks about politics. You know, because they don't like me talking about politics per se. I think they like me as a person who happens to talk right. about politics. Right. So if I can bring that attitude over to video games, then we got that. That sounds cool. Yeah. So what would you say has been the hardest part of getting to this point you're at now where you have the following, you are confident that they'll check you out regardless of, of I guess, the subject matter? Dude, it's 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 uh, it's me, man. I think I'm the biggest fucking problem, honestly. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think that like I'm not, uh, you know, I come off as a very confident person and I, and I am for the most part, but... Uh, I take a lot of things to heart sometimes, especially like a negative remark or something like that. And um, and it and the reason why I do that is because there, I know there's things that I need to improve about myself. But because I know there's things that I need to improve about myself, I need to uh, I like spend too much time thinking about that. I spend too, I'm like, oh fuck, I did this, or oh I keep doing this, and then I just, I just get into this little bit of a loop. So I think I'm my biggest enemy in the sense that like I just don't I don't I don't push myself enough. Like I need to push myself more. Mm. and would you say that that's been your greatest challenge getting like i'd say you're in a position of success at the moment compared to probably how a lot of youtubers would view their their achievements to this point so getting to the point you're at what's been the challenge that you've had to overcome letting negative comments deadlock me sure that's been that's 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 a major challenge so it's kind of the the public side of it yeah it's always been the public side of it man it's the public side of it is the hardest part to deal with honestly seeing seeing people say things about you when you know they're not true once again it's just it's demoralizing it really is it's like fuck dude like why do i even put so much of myself out there if you're not gonna even listen you know what i mean Mm, yeah and if you're not the kind of person that can find a way to deal with that then it's like game over it's not an industry you can probably even have any level of success in right it's a lot harder but yeah yeah but yeah it's a lot harder but yeah yeah so with that in mind what would you say is your advice to people that want to get into the same field that you're in to have the success to build an audience to have an audience that trusts them and is eagerly awaiting content i would say uh i would say that they utilize whatever social media tools are available to them to kind of connect with their actual fans and 
to try to find a way to, at the very least, connect with their fans at least like once a week. Yeah. And what about when you were starting out? Because I imagine like the position you're in now is so far away oh. from when you were oh, getting started. You need to find people who are doing what you're doing. You need to find a community. Yeah. You need to find that community. You need to like kind of like inject yourself in it and be like, yo, hey, I'm here. I'd like to see what's going on, you know, and, and then just that's it. Establish yourself. You're good. Hmm. And is there a focus on standing out in that community? Like, is that the reason that you're doing the Indian accent? It's not really about, I, I guess, I guess if you focus on standing out, you end up doing things that end up in some ways debasing you, you end up debasing yourself. I find if you, if you, if you try to like, if you're, if you approach it from like a, I need to stand out, just got to be genuine. You have to like, I know people give this advice all the time, but you have to be yourself and by be yourself, meaning like literally the person that you want to be when you have a million subs and you need to be that person right. everywhere you go, everywhere you go. You can't just be that person on camera. You got to be that person IRL. You know, when I go to a, a store, I'm smiling when I'm talking to the person who's you know, rigging up my items. Like I'm uh, asking them how they're doing. I'm being exactly who I am as I would want to be in public, you know, and that's just the way it is. You know, you could be feeling like if I, I'm saying be real, like I'm not going to like if I'm feeling down, I'm not going to go outside and act all happy if I'm feeling down. I'm probably won't even go out. But the reality is that like you got to be you. You can't be somebody that you think people want you to be. You got to be who you want to be at whatever size you see yourself at. Hmm. You got to wear your Bunty hat in public. Yeah. All right. Bunty, last question. If you could do anything and know that you wouldn't fail, what would you do? I'd run the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the whole world. Yeah. If I could, if I could do anything and I would, and I know I wouldn't fail, I'd run the world. Yeah. I'd find a way to get us all united and, and start focusing on on galactic conquest. I'm not even joking. <laughs> space Force. Like I, I. Well, I think that we are going to space. Like I think we're going to see it in our genera- in, in our in our t- within the next like hundred years, it's going to happen for sure. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I would I would run the world and I would make sure that everyone comes together and and uh, we start, you know, expanding outwards. That's pretty cool. Yeah uh would what would be your title would you be president prime minister um a supreme ruler not supreme ruler that's like that's too excessive um sure (laughs) i'd be uh uh, ceo (laughs) i guess i would just i would i guess i would just refer to uh like a lord commander Mm. lord commander that's it that's distinguished yet yeah not it's still humble enough yeah i get that yeah exactly it's weird huh lord it's got like lord which is not humble at all calling someone a lord is like huge but lord commander commander and i also think of like how the like lord commander of the night's watch would work right he was just like in in game of thrones you follow game of thrones actually don't i watched the first season you watched the first season well i'm familiar well the night the night the night's watch are like the people who guard the north from whatever is up there in the north right and so their their leader is called the lord commander and 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 because it's like a ragtag group of people who are like criminals, exiles, because anyone could take the black at any time, you know? So if someone's sentenced to die, they could be like, I want to take the black. And they are forced to take the black and their life is forfeit and they have to go and defend the wall uh, and they can never desert it, right? So this person who's in charge of leading them is generally, is it's it's not like the most prestigious position to, to lead as... Uh, the Lord Commander. It's like it's it's definitely necessary, but it's not prestigious, right? So I think that like mm-hmm. 
taking away that prestige from this idea of like being a world leader. Like I don't want, like, I don't like being, I don't like being a leader. I don't like it at all. But I think that if I had to, if I, if there was something that I could do 100% and if it would work, it would, it would definitely be to like lead the world to like something better mm-hmm. because people, people are spent, people spend way, way, way too much time getting angry at each other. And I, I just think it's ridiculous that we're at this point in time where we're all very aware of, like what whatever's going on and the fact that there's other people around us and the fact that we're choosing to kind of quarrel with each other instead of be like oh shit we're all here and we're always going to be here so how do we like fix this and how do we move forward together you know i just find it so weird that people aren't like that Mm. so yeah yeah that's good i really enjoy your perspective and uh, like I, i said on twitter like i think everyone should follow you because you're coming from that middle perspective and that's something that too many people don't have in their echo chambers, I guess. So thanks for, uh, for coming on the show and, and talking about all of this stuff. It's a journey from games to politics and back again. So I think that's uh, how we'll pitch it. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It was really good. Thank you for listening. And thanks to Audio Technica. You can check out Bunty on Twitter at RealBuntyKing. Go and give him a sub on YouTube. Check out his Patreon. And if you enjoyed the show, like I said at the top, you can leave an iTunes review or pick up some putting in work merch over at 8bit.net slash PIW. And that's where you can check out the rest of the awesome podcast content from the 8bit collective. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Jono himself. And until next week, keep putting in work.